Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Seems good. Let's get this rolling. What's going on, everybody? Patrick Bear here, and we are back again. It is time for a microsoda. I'm being joined on the East Coast by BJ. Hi. <laughs> I was like, hey, you still there? <laughs> the West Coast by Brian. Hello. And we are convening. Uh, to put out this very timely microsode just in time for the premiere of Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, <laughs> don't behind. It's okay. There, you know what? This is a good this is a good like problem to have. There's been so much stuff that we wanted to talk about that this kind of got put on the back burner. And we're just getting around to talking about it now. And, you know, we still there are still Disney Plus shows that we haven't even done a deep dive on. Like we're gonna have to like double up on some of our recordings and get this content out because Did... the the fans are clamoring for our hot takes. <laughs> are we getting DMs that are suggesting that we should be spelunking uh, deeper into the Marvel MCU and or attached uh, picks to motivate us? Is that what you're saying? I mean, uh, I would take like deep picks about anything marvel girl girl you give that shit away what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean for me i'm will i'm willing to give it all out there like Uh i have no problem promoting myself because if it's not in the window nobody's gonna buy it so (laughs) but i need you also have to put a for sale sign you have to put like the information you're just putting it up in the window and the people just walking by and seeing. I want they people don't know to go how to the website. I, I don't want them to come into the store that's too intimate. I need them to go to the website, text me, go to the, the Etsy. Like, I don't know. Don't walk in. I'll, I'll just start crying if that happened. Oh, um, <laughs> we, we are already. We're like a minute into this. And it instantly is making me think of a tweet that Joel sent out today. Where he said that he loves how off the rails conversa- conversations on podcasts go when two queers are involved. 
And I was like, are you trying to read us? <laughs> and then I remembered he also has a podcast. So I think he's also talking about himself. So I, I think I, mean, I would dare say Joel has been well steeped in our uh, nonsensical set, non sequiturs, uh, or not non sequiturs, oh, yeah. or whatever. Pr- branching yes. multiversal conversations. Exactly. Everything all in one place at our uh, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Parentheses 2025. Oh my god. Well, that is a little bit of a hint going back to the topic at hand. We are going to talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, aka why Wanda did what she did and she wasn't so wrong about it. It's mom. It's Doctor Strange mom. Damn those moguls in media. I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> wait for you. Which, by Damn the one. way, because we just can't stop talking about that particular networking show, it did not occur to me, or maybe it did and I forgot because I'm old, that that is wow upside down. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where it started. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, yeah, no, it- honestly, like, any other, the only other, like, Katya and Trixie get called mom a lot. Like I don't I I I love the two of them. I'm not that like deep into the fandom because most of it's like twelve year old girls and also a little weird. Um, not to say that those two queens aren't weird themselves. However, I I was never really a big part of like that that old fandom uh, that deep. So I don't know where the whole mom thing comes from. Um, but. So when uh, Alaska and Willem and Zipper and all them were were creating the moguls in media, I was like, "Oh, okay, this is a whole, this is a wow thing," and uh, I kind of love it. It's epic. I'm getting caught up on all their recent uh, O'Carant and Hot Goss episodes as I fly across uh, this country many times over recently. And yes, it's a, it's a delight. If you're not listening to it, you're missing half of our references at least. <laughs> oh, Carant. <laughs> yes i and i mean we just keep talking about him a lot because uh the 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 real game plan is to try to get the show on the mom network we want to be the uh the first non-famous drag queens <laughs> on the mom network not non-famous i mean do do we qualify as drag queens i know both of y'all have done it i was gonna say most of annually us <laughs> annually I annually I used to do it annually. I have not in a, in a hot minute. The internet's most popular annual drag queen. <laughs> oh. Leona, Leona, uh, yeah, I can't speak. Leona has only come out once, but this past Pride, I did do a half face for Pride. So that was a half Leona. <laughs> I know. It, it, it was literally lips, horizontal, uh, eyeshadow, vertical. <laughs> Okay. Was, uh, yeah, it was like that Star Trek classic episode with the uh, you know Frank Gorshin. No, no, it was uh, yeah, it was lips, eye, mascara, and uh, beard dye. Of course, the beard, the beard. You know, they got to color the beard. Oh, absolutely. I'm trolling my parents right now on Facebook. Really, my mom to see if she notices and gives me a hard time. Kind of waiting for that call. <laughs> oh, but you got to be like, eh, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some so, so so some madness happened, and I'm not just yes. talking about this country's politics. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Let's save that uh, for your new 
Twelve series. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we should ask the listeners. Do you want us to do a deep dive into p- political discussions and culture in this country? If you do, let us know. I mean, I I don't it think it's a bad be the thing. first time you've done it. I just it, feel like we, yeah. we definitely need to like. <laughs> I know. I know. We're going to go off the rails, like not really go off the rails. We're going to fall headlong into full on rage. <laughs> so we just need to focus our rage on one topic per episode. That's, that's we're mad about this thing, but we're mad about all the things. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> July is wrath month, so it would be a perfect oh, time. Right? I was like, when did, we, when did we go back to Pride? We took Pride away and made it wrath like two years ago. We still have. I like. When do we? When do we go back? I, I'm still in wrath. Cognitive <laughs> cognitive dissonance. That's that's kind of yeah, my. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Once you once you let the gays out of the house, and they were like, yeah, <laughs> somebody somebody put up a hex. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then and then they're just like, man, I'm so angry. But we're here at Pride. I thought I thought you were happy. Oh, that's the hard part, is the lying. And then they just, like, turn their hands and everything's on fire. Like <laughs> That's the best reveal in a movie I've seen in a long time. Oh, my God. Yes. All right. So let's get this train back on the tracks of the topic for this episode. So we are talking Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's a 2022 American superhero film based on Marvel Comics featuring the character Doctor Strange. Produced by Marvel Studios and distributed by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It's the sequel to Doctor Strange 2016 and the 28th film, goddamn, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU. The film was directed by Sam Raimi, it's written by Michael Waldron, and stars Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange, alongside Elizabeth Olsen, Chuedel Ejiofor. I can it, never say his name right, it, and I hope I got it close. Oh. At least not at least close enough to not like make people mad at me. Uh Benedict Wong. Oh fuck, I know how to say her. like I, I I looked at how to say her name properly. Sochio Gomez. Is it so? So Sochi- yeah. so, 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 Sochi- Gomez. Yeah, Sochio Sochio see now that I'm thinking about it, it's harder to do it. Uh, right? yeah, as no, soon as you start thinking it, the pronunciation goes out the window. Because oh, I yeah. want to say Chochidal, because I know in um in Portuguese, the X is a, a ch sound, but I know that it's not like it's uh, a Mayan derivation, so it it, it changes. No, it's uh, uh, so, so chill, so chill, so chill, Gomez. So chill. She's so chill. <laughs> that was horrible. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Michael Stolberg and Rachel McAdams in the film Strange Protects America Chavez Gomez, a teenager <laughs> capable of traveling the multiverse. From Wanda Maximoff. Also, I, for a so, second, I thought you said we are going to take this title. the way that we have been doing most of our deep dives. We are going to start with the the positives, and I know BJ is a big horror fan. I know this is this straddles the line. I know I see people on the internet being like, "Oh my god, such a great horror film!" And some people are like, "This is not horror." Mm. I mean, it was scary as shit in parts for me. So, like, <laughs> I. <laughs> I'm not a big horror person, so for me, it did it did have horror moments for sure. Um, but we'll take on the things that we liked. We'll do a round of things that maybe could have been improved, and then uh, maybe some wild conjecture and speculation for the characters, the stories, and Phase Four in general. Because when this comes out, we're a week behind on this episode. Um, when this episode comes out, our 29th film, Thor: Love and Thunder, 
will be premiering uh, to a worldwide audience. So I don't think there is any place better to start than with the the man-child who is bursting at the seams to discuss the things that he enjoyed. BJ, why don't you kick off the discussion of things that we liked from this film? Oh, my God. Um, so... First of all, I'm a massive Irma Sam Gerd Raimi from, fan. From Canada's <laughs> Drag Race Season 3? Irma no? Gerd. <laughs> I mean... By the way, best drag name in a long time on Drag Race, any franchise. Irma Gerd. All, all I can think of is okay. the uh, Irma Gerd Gersperms uh, meme from a exactly. couple years ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's where, where she got her drag name from. But anyway, let's take that... I Sorry, I derailed that train again. <laughs> train back on the tracks. And carry on. What did you like about the movie? I'm sorry. So I'm a, I'm a massive Sam Raimi's fan. Um, I have literally, I've lost track of how many times I've watched Army of Darkness, Evil Dead. Ash vs. the Evil Dead was like my, my moment of zen. Um, just everything about it. And plus, Doctor, Doctor Strange as a story thrives for me when it's a dark fantasy. And I will say, as a massive horror fan... It, this was a this was a Sam Raimi camp fest in some in some spots. So I absolutely love the fact that they did go darker. I remember there was a lot of conjecture about the first um, Doctor Strange movie and whether or not it uh, and whether or not it was uh, going to be a horror movie. Uh, so them actually making good on that promise. And it, and in some places it worked fantastic. Some places it didn't work super hot, but like I said, Dr. Strange thrives when it, at the very least, it's a dark fantasy because Jason Aaron, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Strange, that run, they pulled pretty heavily from, uh, some elements from that. So they pulled from my favorite Dr. Strange run. You have the horror elements, uh, they did not pull punches with Wanda, and that was exactly what I was wanting. Um, I, I know it's it's very controversial right now, but um, Pat, did you did you ever read Trial of Magneto? Boy, boy, boy! I forgot that that was a prerequisite before we did this episode. <laughs> I I think I have two more issues. They weren't in the app. Like three months ago, when they went to read them, and then I never went back. I'm so far behind on my comics. Like <laughs> they are talking about titles that. Oh yeah, yeah. Just I, like Knights of X, and like all of these books that I'm like, I'm so far. I am still in uh, the Hickman era of comics. Of oh wow! Honestly, oh, wow. that's how far behind I am. Just stay there. Just okay, stay there. so I will. I will. I will. Do you a solid in 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 Wanda's publication history? There has not been many moments where she has been like, "I am doing this thing of my own volition." Powers be damned, outside influence be damned. The Darkhold uh, in the comics is definitely a corruptive force. Uh, however, in the movies, they just make it. They they just make it like it's your toxic friend. That's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Just go ahead and do that. Like, <laughs> like you have more you have more station uh, with the Darkhold than you do uh, in the MCU than you do in the comics. Uh, so that I feel like they definitely gave her more station outside of her powers, outside of her grief. Um, she definitely is still feeling the effects of her grief, and they just continued it on naturally from where they left her off on WandaVision. And 
I I think her character's the better for it because, like I said, ninety percent in her publication history is Wanda's powers are, are out of control and she's crazy. Um, so giving her kind of that station to make a bad choice um, and to do a wonderful parallel between her and Stephen, um, I I I am very much on the train after this movie. Mordo is correct; he is not wrong. He may be going about doing it a shitty way, but he is correct. Uh, He's technically correct, the best kind of correct. Um, But yeah, no, uh, the only other time in Wanda's publication history, there might be one other time I'm missing in maybe a story I haven't read, but is Trial of Magneto and what she is doing in that story. Um, And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, So definitely, for those of you that haven't read Trial of Magneto, it is central, front and center, it is a Wanda story in relation to the mutants and in her relation to Magneto. Um, and it has a beautiful end um, and it kind of breaks the cycle of Wanda just being the crazy one uh, with lots of power. Um, so it had kind of a sad ending. And honestly, I feel like most MC, MCU movies... Uh, they kind of had needed a more realistic, a more sad ending. Uh, that's that 100%. Like half the audience went, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, no, you fucked up. You know, it's, it, it had a very, it didn't have the standard. It had like an action packed third act, but nowhere near as much as the previous acts. And I actually, I love, um, I love um, Miss Marvel, um, so I am. Uh, uh, I'm very excited what they're planning on doing with her, and I'm going to stop so we can. Jump Chavez, away. huh? America Chavez. You said Ms. Marvel. Oh, <laughs> I was it's like, wait a minute. There's, there's too much. Yes, Amer- Amer- America Chavez. America Chavez. I I was worried. Um, that they did at the start in act one, I was worried they were going to make her a little bit soft hearted because she is a force to be reckoned with from day one in the comics and has no problem laying out a fucking child if she needs to. Um, so I, I'm glad we got to see her vulnerable a little bit. And then we went straight into, I'm going to punch you with the multiverse in your face, America Chavez, um, which was great. Um, so I'm very interested, I'm very interested in seeing where they go with her and I'm very interested in seeing, um, any of the, uh, the, the future plans they have with her. And honestly, and the thing about a Sam Raimi movie is they're not without flaws and they're not without dialogue issues, but Wanda's dialogue in this movie will sustain me through the darkest of times. My rage took, takes on her face saying, the, even now, this is me being reasonable. Like, I just, I, I love it. Um, visuals were knocked it out of the park. Um, a lot of my complaints are going to be I wanted more of certain things. Um, and the Illuminati fucked around and they found out, as they should. <laughs> like their publication history. For sure, yeah. Fuck around and find out definitely is the uh, the motto for the Illuminati in this film. Brian, what were your thoughts? What were some uh, positive takeaways from the mom film? <laughs> I think that I loved America Chavez and having been a big fan of the, the 
it's Young Avengers, right? Young Avengers. Yeah. Uh, and was she she wasn't in that originally, right? They added her when Kieran Gillen took it over, I believe. Yes, she was. I guess you could say she was part of the second generation team. Yeah, that's it. Because I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Um, you know, it's a she's a fascinating character. I love that they had her two moms in there. I really enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch and everything he does. I think there are things we'll talk about in the next section that are whatever, but um, <laughs> overall, very entertaining. Of course, you know, I am not the biggest Scarlet Witch fan of the show. I think that's still reserved for Oral. Uh, mm. I mean, yeah, but he, uh, but she had a, she had an arc, uh, a little short, but you know, it was a thing. I mean, as far as like, anyway, we'll talk that. Um, God, what else did I love? Wong. I love Wong. Wong because I think they have done such a great upgrade to that character from what he is in the comics as the sort yes. of manservant, uh, you know, to this very empowered kick-ass Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, just, you know, can't get enough Wong in my life. Uh, <laughs> I love the music. Danny Elfman and Sam Raimi are always a great combo. I do love the Sam Raimiisms that you see in the movie. Oh, yeah. uh, those were very appreciated, and uh, you know this very this movie could have been something else entirely if it had gone forward with its original director and original plan and everything. But it was nice to see Raimiisms in in movies and in, in superhero films because I think they do pair well. Um, uh, horror film, you know, after an old timey. Sorry, fashion, like, yeah, sure, it's a, it's got horror touches. But um I don't know. It was it was it was weird. There's a lot of things that I was like not sure about. Uh so those are my I think those are my positives. I'm probably missing something that'll come out in the other discussion, but yes, those those are those are what I enjoyed in this film. Okay. Short list on your part. I, it's been a little bit since I've seen it. Obviously, I, I was planning on re, revisiting the movie. I did not get a chance to. So I'm really just trying to draw on the things that moved me enough to remember them. Uh, the strange, dark, strange, corrupted, strange fight. I am surprised that you did not mention this, Brian, being the music person on the uh, this episode. <laughs> okay, yeah. That fight with the oh. music notes was Gorgeous. beautiful. Gorgeous. It was done so well. And just, I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I... I, I fell in love with that fight scene. I Normally, I don't really give, give a shit about fight scenes in most of these movies because superhero films, MCU films especially. I mean, I don't want to say especially because uh, the DC films, it's pretty much the same thing. It's what comics are based off of. It's same versus same. That is how the comics are written. Most characters have an adversary that is the same power set as them, just evil, and it's a lot of Laser blast, laser blast, phase through, phase through, all of us. This was a little bit different because technically it is the same character, <laughs> not even a, a, a character with the same power set. It's just a, it's a Stephen Strange from a different multiverse who has been corrupted by the Darkhold, who's read the Darkhold for so long at this point. He's uh, on a, a, an Earth 
that is in the middle of an incursion or has been in the middle of an incursion for a while. I didn't think the incursions lasted this long, but apparently this one did. And they do battle with music notes and it's scored and it's, you know, the notes that are being flung are also being played. I'm assuming I'm not the music person on this one. <laughs> I like lyrics. Music itself escapes me. But the way that it was shot and the way that it was done and then creating the staffs and having the notes like stick to it and then being flung back and the colors changing as they were being used. I thought that was phenomenal. Like that was huge. Um, another major thing that just made me so happy. We all knew it was going to happen. But when Patrick Stewart came out as Charles uh, Xavier, mind you, and this is the thing, this is what I don't think people 100%, I mean, I haven't really gone back in and, and I, I try to stay away from comments on the internet because there's just a lot of dumb people out there. Um, but this isn't the Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier of the X-Men Fox movies. No. This is the ni- This is the 1990s cartoon xavier in real life essentially mm-hmm. because it outfit the, the the turtleneck the the gold hover chair this is all 90s 90 was it 90 97. 97. no well so the new cartoon that's coming out is x-men 97 but it was what 92 or 94 oh when it started yeah i think it was 92 But this is because X-Men 91 was the start of the Jim Lee era. And that's where these cartoon characters really were based out of. Yeah, it's it's 92. You're right. Okay, cool. Listen, I see. Oh, I have facts in my head. (laughs) And when the and when he came out, they played. Nope, nope, nope. (laughs) You had your turn. This is my (laughs) moment. And this is exactly why I'm saying this. That's exactly why I'm pointing that out is because intercut in the music was the goddamn theme song from the cartoon when that started playing i went with a with a friend of mine and i grabbed his leg and was just like oh my god like i got so excited because <laughs> what, as, as soon as you hear it just it's over it's done <laughs> and this was such a great little segue for uh the disney owned marvel to be able to roll or hover its way into x-men 97 which is coming because at this point we know mutants will eventually show up obviously they already have technically now but the x-men themselves or mutants as the film is apparently titled which you know that will change before it's actually a film they're not going to be around for a little while i know i keep seeing things about you know there being another five plus years before we see anything with x-men in them or, or a standalone project, I should say, because I'm sure that these characters will eventually permeate into the world in other projects. And we're getting Deadpool, but whatever. Um, but when that happened, that was amazing for me. I went into this very blind, so I did not expect Reed Richards to pop out from a little dimensional rift, whatever he was <laughs> teleporting in through. And then the thing that really got me is I was like, okay, John Krasinski is as Reed Richards. That's pretty fucking cool. When Black Bolt, Blackagar Boltagon walked out with that pitchfork on his forehead, <laughs> I lost it. I loved it. <laughs> I I was living. If if 
bitch, you know that if Lockjaw had popped up next to him, or if he had, <laughs> if Lockjaw had teleported teleported him in, I'd have fucking, I'd have been on the floor rolling like it was an episode of Jerry Springer or Maury Povich, <laughs> and somebody just told me that this person was not the father. Like I would have been rolling down the damn aisle in the movie theater. It would have been over for me. Missed opportunity <laughs> right there. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. Um, I know that there's a lot of, and we may talk about this in, in the next section. Um, there, there is potential talk of the fact that there wasn't enough forward queerness about America, but having the progress pride flag pin having love is love or uh, amor es amor on her jacket. I know that it's not a lot, but we've ha- we had this discussion on one of our last, um, I think our last roundup representation at all is, is, is huge as it's, you know, maybe sometimes the steps are a little too small, but to see these things really starting to become more standard in these films is fantastic. And obviously with, as queer of a team as the young Avengers are, it's going to have to be there. You know, I think, what is it? There's one cishet person on the team. Like everybody else is some variation of queer or, or somewhere on um, the spectrum. I think yeah. there is one. Cause I, I, and I think even there, I think maybe you think it was even America, like kind of said, uh, I see how you look at me princess and just, you know, like, kind of calling her out on, on that. So, you know, it's going to be there. Do, do we want more? Do we want there to be a, a larger presence of it? Yes. But it's still, it's still tugged on the heartstrings for me to, um, to, to see these types of things, to see her moms in the, the memory bank flashback scene. I thought that was also a very interesting way of doing the exposition uh, mm-hmm. Because you know that there has to be an exposition dump because we've got to move the story forward, <laughs> and uh, I thought this was actually a pretty a pretty clever technique with them doing this like you know save your memories you know s- store <laughs> business that was in uh, in in Earth eight three eight if I'm remembering numbers right, and uh, I thought that was a, a cute way to to get us that backstory without. They're having to be like some weird, hey, let you know, tell us your story type of moment, and almost kind of, it was exposition that was all of the stuff that they didn't want to deal with, and I thought that was an interesting way to give us information that almost kind of felt like the the protagonist of the film did not want to share, but was necessary to continue the story moving forward. So those were some of the the, um, the the high points for me in the film, um, and I, I agree with what you all have have already talked about. I I'm not a big horror person, but a lot of the kind of like jump scary parts actually really worked for me. Um, when when crazy zombieish demon Wanda was chasing them in the underground and like kept popping around the corner, whatever they thought they had lost her, I was like, can y'all just keep running? Like, close the doors behind you and just keep fucking running. If it's been a good five minutes and you haven't seen her, then you can stop. Like, it was just getting a little much. But but I think it was all, I think it was it was shot very well when, like, there was the puddles in, um, uh, oh my in God. the floor. And, like, her eye popped up and, like, the mirror, like, yeah. They, it was it was really done done very well in, in those respects from my, from my point of view. So, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about 
the things that we liked. Let's talk about some of the things that could have been improved. Let's go around the other way, since you had such a you had a shorter list of things that maybe were on the the positive side. Brian, kick us off on this topic of things that could have maybe been improved in the Multiverse of Madness. Oh boy, no, um, I I do agree with you though. The music section was interesting. I think one problem I had with it was it was a little cartoonish, given how sinister the <laughs> in fact they call it in the subtitles sinister strange. Uh, which kind of, you see that in the subtitles before you even, or the captions before, like you even know what their intent is, which is kind of like, Oh, you're kind of giving it away there, but um, that's whatever. Um, I don't know. There's so many things that bothered me. The first fight uh, where they're fighting, not Shuggath Goroth, whatever, however you say his name, uh, Shuggaroth, whatever. Uh, Shumagoroth. Shumagoroth. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It sounds like Lovecraftian bullshit, but um like well that's part that's why they can't call him yeah yeah no, but I, it's what conan right or yeah oh no yeah it's yeah not lovecraft it's conan it's that's that stuff yeah. but it's yeah so that's why but um there were some great moments there were some not so great moments in that fight that if you're really paying attention and maybe i don't know you just happen to catch it they didn't get the effects quite right for some of the ragdoll physics and uh strange and Wong look a little weird when they're being um, tugged around. It's it, again, not a huge thing, but you notice it and it kind of goes, Oh gosh, guys could have fixed that. So I mean, kind of wonder if that was like a, a late addition. Um, I vaguely remember the first movie. I obviously remember Christine sort of. And I think that the, uh, was that Dr who is like a rival who sat with him in the, uh, what you thought was a funeral and then realized <laughs> it was a, a wedding. That was like, I guess the necessary continuity, but I didn't remember it at all. And again, see prior comment, I'm old. Um, but, uh, you know, moving her off the table in a, in a, in a good way, not killing her off, but yet finding an alternate version of Christine to sort of, play a little bit of narrator or not narrator a little bit of exposition a little bit of like you know moving the story along whatever that was nice um again don't care christine was never like a huge thing for me in the first movie obviously because i couldn't remember really much about her uh and it clears the way for clee which i am very happy that was probably one thing about the um movie i loved like unabashedly is is the mid mid credit break was there an end credits thing or is it just the mid credits As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, no, the um, yeah. the Bruce Campbell pop-up, pizza oh, pop-up. Oh, man, I did. Okay, so I missed that. I got to go back. That was good, and I kind of thought it was funny that in every Sam Raimi movie, Bruce Campbell gets some great little physical comedy, and so, you know, even <laughs> though he looks ancient, uh, but I mean, I'm sure he was, you know, let's say aged up maybe. I don't know. Maybe he just looks like that now. Uh, it was That's kind of what he looks like. Is it? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm so old now. Uh, and they're doing more, uh, by the way. I think they confirmed that he's coming back for yet another Evil Dead uh, sequel. So that's, uh, yes. I, I mean, after the TV series, that was phenomenal. Um, anyway, so that was all good. Sam Raimiism is great. Oh, man, there's so many things. So Stephen Strange's hair sometimes looks ridiculous and like a wig. And I know it is a wig. But there were moments it's where like I was one of the Stephen Stranges, uh, the main one, the main one, the oh, our, okay. our six months, I was six like, because all of them kind of look a little funny. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. I did love the fact that they said six one six. That was great, though. That does, yes. of course, introduce some continuity confusion for people who had previously considered MCU not six one six and gave it its own number or whatever. Uh, but that's that's nerds. Who cares? Well, that was a Feige um, joke that everybody ran with. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because um, it was what like supposed to be like Earth nine 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 or one nine 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 nine. It was the number of films that he expected to be in the the total, <laughs> like the grand total of films. Yeah, and then everybody <laughs> just ran with that as the the Earth designation. I will say though, one of the things that does make that a little weird. It's great for the comic readers, but at the same time, almost all of this is a a variation off of the ultimate universe which isn't 616 right i mean they did not go in the really gross um wanda pietro ultimates version because we don't we don't talk about that one i feel like the avengers there were some stuff that they borrowed from the ultimates but they've gone well past that so yeah i feel like this is more like 616 in general um we're not even to the point where i really want to make a thing so this is all just whatever right um this is all the light criticism the yeah the the music the music thing i think i said it was cartoonish i as as someone who used to love the idea of having music powers and also loves dazzler um i don't know i like bringing those nights to life it just felt very phantasmagor what's the disney movie bj the fantasia fantasia wow it was close Fantasia-esque in that way, uh, kind of like, you know, that sort of thing. And, and you know, appreciate any good music references, and that was all there, Box, Cod, and Fugue. I think they did, uh, oh, there was another piece they referenced, but in uh, the harp, little coup de gras at the end. I, like, all that's fine, and I guess I have to just let myself be a child again sometimes when I'm watching these movies, because the child, the child in me would have you know, fucking loved it. Um, but it, it, just in that moment with the severity of the incursion, which also, by the way, I love that they did bring in the Hickman incursion idea, mm-hmm. but in a very like, what, it, it, what does that actually do then? Cause this world seems messed up, but not like completely obliterated. Um, so that was a little confusing. Um, what else? I love the Illuminati. 
the X-Men stuff, you're absolutely right. I love the Fantastic Four, uh, not even a reference. I mean, full-on Mr. Fantastic, one of my favorite characters in Marvel in Marvel in general. If John Krasinski doesn't get the call to, to be the real 616 Mr. Fantastic, I'm going to be very disappointed because he looks amazing. I love that he like campaigned for years and also the fan community campaigned for him and then they made that happen. Um, Monica Rambeau, I believe, is that who is uh, Captain Adam or Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, that was, that was Monica Maria. That was Maria, Maria Rambeau. Maria Rambeau. 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 Was her mom. Right. Her yeah. mom. Was her mom. Right. Love that reference. Love Monica specifically as a character, uh, one of my favorite incarnations or whatever's of Captain Marvel. So that was cool. And of course, we didn't even say uh, Captain America, what was it? Captain, um, Captain Carter. Carter. Captain Carter. Like, love that. Love seeing her not only you know, in that uh, what if series, you know, featured very well, but also this, and it is funny seeing some of the stuff from the, what if kind of cross pollinate into this uh, as well. Um, so, and, and one more thing I kind of said at the beginning, the, the reveal of, of Wanda both infuriates me as the heel, the heel turn, let's say infuriates me, but also I did love the fact that if you go into this movie, not knowing anything and all you've seen is the trailers, it is a fairly substantial misdirect in the trailers to what you get. And mm-hmm. I do appreciate a good misdirect. I do appreciate a good reveal as any fan of drag race will, will, will attest to that turn when she's on the apple orchard and then she, you know, shows the whole, th- like all that. That's great. Having said that, I think the biggest thing I hated about this movie is what they did with Wanda. And I get it. It showed her in all her power as a Scarlet witch. And I get that, you know, that, that, that arc that she's been on since WandaVision and, and, you know, being missing her children and missing vision in, in all of that, it does add into where she's at. I think the advancement of from the end of WandaVision into this, and now she's suddenly the dark holds thrawn, but she's in control, which is also interesting. Cause I really thought they were going to do a thing where they're like, Oh wait, once the dark hold, you know, is you stab the book and she's, she's back in control and she's not, it's not her agency. It was the, the book. No, it's her agency. She's just a horrible person and she's done horrible things all in the name of having her kids, which is true to the comics in a certain way because of, you know, WandaVision or not WandaVision, um, House of M. Get it, but still redeemable. And in this case, they had to give her... Oh, and sorry, you're right. Disassembled. You're right. Yeah, disassembled is really where a lot of that comes from. Yeah. But they made her redeemable. Be, and I'm not saying I Did don't. They? We'll talk about Did this. They? In 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 House of M, yes, yes. By the end of House of M, I think de- they did. The decimation. House of M ended with the decimation. I believe. Well, okay. So let's say not House of M itself. The after effects. She is redeemed, and I forgot I where they call her the Pretender. Well, the mutants that, do. The mutants that, do. But she's had a lot of good hero heroic that, moments. She was in the um. She was in Uncanny Avengers from um. What's his name? Um. What's yeah, uh, no. Like Pat, okay. Read Trial of Magneto. I know. <laughs> I need to, I listen, I need to I know. finish that too. Both well, of you. And this is the thing. Like there is there is a bit because obviously as things have changed in the comics, they've retconned and revisited. Because yes, you're you're essentially right. They, I mean, they kind of, they separated her from the mutants because obviously once you depower the majority, what well, um, what was it? 192 million or something like that. No, no, no. Like how many still had their powers? It was like, oh. a, it was like under 200 mutants still like had yeah. their powers. 
and she decimated because in one of the um one of the hickman books it had like or i think it was, i think uncanny adventures was hickman also wasn't it um but it had like how many mutants she depowered it was like 16 million or billion i don't know 198 mutants left the 198 okay that was close that was close um but they they kind of kept her separated from the majority of them and then once hickman rebooted the x-men with house and powers then it really kind of took more of a central focus um because you you had that list of like the the highest offenders to the mutant race which included cassandra nova with the um the the mass genocide on uh, Genosha. You had the Scarlet Witch. You had, I think, um, I think maybe Cameron Hodge. Yep. With uh, mm-hmm. with the the Sentinels. Uh, yeah. So you have like all of that stuff there. So I I don't know if they ever really like if you're like me, an X Men reader, uh, and I wasn't a reader for a good chunk of time, but kind of coming out of that, they never really made her redeemed in that kind of sense because i think even she and rogue still had were very standoffish oh, yeah. and uncanny oh, yeah. avengers it was a very tentative truce but in the avengers world like it didn't matter like she she was better like she kind of like they they healed her like she was you know she was yeah. at least in a better place um to your point though with the dark hold and everything like a, a lot of that is is comic accurate kathan you know yeah. essentially kind of Wonder putting Gore, a piece Kathan's... of the all of that is yeah. true to the comics of sort a uh, sort, but again, I don't think she went full villain. Other than her, her origins are a villain, so that does track, and that's how they introduced her in the second Avengers movie. Um, though you know, really, just kind of got caught up in all that. Um, the heel turn in the comics, like you said, you're right, is House uh, not House of M, it's uh, disassembled. And uh, that was pretty bad. Like, you know, of course, all that's true. And then they did. Oh, killed half the Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> and her husband. they did. And, you know, and that's interesting because now that you mentioned, I think she did like fuck, uh, well, Hawkeye, of course, up. Yeah. Like he, he's, he was dis- dispatched. But I think like Jack of Cards gets like mutilated or something. It was pretty brutal. And if you go back and read this. she rip Vision right. in half? Yeah, but he's an android, whatever. Synthesoid. Like, um, <laughs> I, I just, I guess it was just shocking because if you have seen, okay, so let's, let's we're deep cutting, we're, we're deep in the, the DMs of the, the Marvel MC or, or the Marvel comics. If you are the casual like MCU fan and you've seen like WandaVision, you've seen all that stuff, I think the arc, and this is what I was talking about with the short arc, I think the arc from WandaVision into this is just like so quick down this horrible path it doesn't really give her character much like it, it's just too quick for me. I really wanted to see her maybe be the first act villain and then something bigger. And that's, that's a tried and true formula for like that kind of hero. You you want a redemption. You want, oh, I do. you want a redemption for her and, and always, and there's a chance and, we, we might get we, one, but not for a while. We thought we were getting that at the end of WandaVision. This is the only thing I'll say to that is yeah. we don't know how much time, is from the end of WandaVision to this. She's been deep in that in that um, Darkhold for a while, including um, oh god, what is the what's the walking? Um, well, I can't think of what they call it in the movie. Oh, the dream walking. Or... Dream walking. Yes, I was yeah. gonna say day walking. <laughs> she's not a drag queen out and doing a front show in the, in the middle of the street. No. She's not Blade, uh, the daywalker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, she's been doing a lot of that, so she has been 
as corrupted as like sinister strange maybe not to that extent but she's dove like headfirst into this because the grief which we knew was the villain of of wandavision was her grief has now escalated to the point where it's now i will do anything to get my family back I mean, she didn't really say anything about Vision, but she just wanted her kids. But I mean, I, was I figured she su- could just rebuild Vision. <laughs> I was surprised by that, too. Like, she did mention Vision, like, about that one thing. I mean, like, it, it came up briefly, but yeah, then nothing at all. Like, no Probably because she knows that, well, Vision, she knows that that white Vision is out there. That, that, Vision. she got closure. Yeah. <laughs> she got, she did get closure with Vision. That was the thing, is that whole... Sure final episode she got to actually tell him goodbye and i don't think like she didn't really tell her children goodbye because like it was enough that she knew that they're going to cease to exist but like what are you gonna do to a child to be like well i'm never gonna see you again you're gonna stop existing now so she she did like a long good night with them but with vision she actually got to she got closure with him, but I don't. She never got closure with her children, effectively yeah, being wiped. That that makes so, sense. But I, yeah, I guess that that's partly why. The other thing, and, and so all that bothered me, and I just as a as a fan of Scarlet Witch in certain respects, again, I'd love. I don't know how Oral felt about this movie. I think we were chatting at one point. And he, I think he enjoyed it, um, mainly because obviously seeing Wanda as a badass is always going to make him excited. But um, like, I don't know. There was just dialogue problems. There was some, and and I love the guy who wrote the script, Michael Waldron. Um, at least the credited to write the script. I think they it went through several rewrites, and it may have had other people previous. But I love Loki. I thought his Loki TV series was fantastic. I was blown away that there was nothing to do with Kang at all, even in a slightest little reference. There was nothing to do with the TVA. Nothing. Any of that made that in, which. I get would have complicated and made it a little weird, but also like you're doing the same thing that even I honestly just watched Spider-Man um, no way home, like a couple months ago on a flight. And I was surprised that barely made it like had a, had a reference into this at all after what he, after what strange did, although it does kind of build the case that he's the most dangerous and all that. Do we understand the third eye thing? Because I'm like, it, it's evil. And it's um, evidently a fan of rock music. And I get the third <laughs> eye is like a cultural myth, mystical reference, but the fact that it came out of the dark hold and that sinister strange had it, but then at the end as he's running off to fight with the help Clea fix an incursion, like it pops up and he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Rock and roll. It was a weird, like, I'm like, so is this a good thing then you're like having yes. rock music in your head now. This is a great power you've inherited. Like, what is this? I don't know. It's, and that's like, it's an a callback. It's a it's it's a reference to the Jason Aaron run where when you uh, remember they had established uh, where he's been using magic for so long for so many different things constantly it changed his body. So this just it, this does seem more linked to the Darkhold and him overusing dark magic, even if it's for a good reason. Um, so it seems like they're, they're pulling a little bit of his body's undergoing yeah. undergoing changes from his from his con- like I said, even though he's doing good things, yeah. he's gonna have consequences at some point. I guess the consequence was like you get a third eye, oh darn, and you like rock music now. Like I don't know, it was very like that's it. I'm sure it'll be followed up when they do another movie. I get that it's a teaser, he kind of like just to whatever excite you for what's to come. 
But as far as like a cost, I really thought it was going to do so. They were going to go somewhere way different. I felt like they were going to have more about him being teased, not teased, but like uh, longing for Christine and being in a world where he could be with Christine. They didn't do anything with that, really. Like they set these little red herrings or these little possibilities up and then they didn't pay him off. They even made something. What? the, The Christine thing was him getting closure on that. That was the whole thing because that it circled around from the question where she asked him at her wedding, are you happy? And it circles back to Camartage where at towards the end where America is practicing with the rest of, of the sorcerers. And um, he asks Wong or Wong asks him. It, it, it's a full circle moment where he finally is able to not be pining after her. Because he realizes like the whole thing with that. The other thing I will just mention about the third eye. Um, I've been watching. I, I take to watching new rock stars videos. Because Eric Boss puts together like great videos. Apparently there is a. That was an edited. And an alternate cut of that post credit scene. There was a longer one. Where it actually implies that Sinister Strange. Has dream walked into our Stephen Strange's body, and that's actually Sinister Strange. Because yeah. if Sinister Strange's third eye opens up after he's impaled when he's thrown from the Sanctum, and like Christine's outside, his third eye opens up, and it kind of implies that he's not dead, and they kind of leave him for dead there. Mm-hmm. So it's supposed to kind of be a reference back to Sinister Strange. Whether or not they continue with that or just make it be like, oh, because he's used the dark hold and he bonded with the the spirits of the damned. Because, you know, obviously when they made that fabulous cape and flew him up to <laughs> Mount Wondegore. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I will say, I didn't, I, again, I, I'm glad we're kind of going through this. And I knew this would happen, but I did really appreciate that was very Raimi-esque, uh, but also just delightfully comic book to have this cape uh made of the spirits of the damned like that whole thing was that the ending other than wanda having to come you know sacrifice and all that other than that i did like that touch and and possessing the just again if you've seen the trailer and you you know that there is a zombie strange you think that the bad guy is zombie strange and then you're like oh my god no this is a totally different turn it's uh I, oh yeah, there's a game called Inside where you kind of take control of these little. Uh, oh uh, my god, that fucking game! Yeah, and so I was reminded of that too. I did, all that to say, you didn't hate the movie. You're talking about like, Mario Odyssey. Yeah, no, exactly. To, <laughs> where you have to supplant the, the 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 consciousness of another being and take it over. Yep, yep that, all of that. Like possession's a great game gimmick. Um, I I, I did enjoy the movie mostly i think i just was heightened in certain ways that i just thought were didn't work for me and uh i would love to see where they're going next with this because there's a lot of directions i hope we see more of the illuminati somehow i don't know how or at least the those other you know i'm talking about mr fantastic and whatnot like i'd love to see them properly in the 616 and maybe people are right we're going to battle world we're going to get secret wars i don't know this is like there is no one overarching thing so far other than maybe the multiverse for this phase four. Uh, I'm curious where they're going to start to direct that. Maybe with this next you know, Thor movie, we'll figure that out. I doubt. I don't know. Uh, yes. All of that. That's how I felt about this movie. <laughs> BJ, what were some areas of improvement for you? Fuck Christine. Fuck her. 
Fuck her out the ass. I'm fucking sick to I death. Mean, Steven was trying to. <laughs> of romantic interests in movies that have no real reason to be there. Like, they have set up this wonderful story and they touched on it throughout this entire movie of Steven, first of all, having to always be the one to solve everything. He has to be the one being hold, to hold the knife, which means, but is he one the one willing to make the sacrifice? And I find it very telling that that the Illuminati was more worried about Stephen Strange because they're right. A lot of Stephen Stranges keep getting corrupted or fucking up. However, they also, Stephen, there wasn't enough credit given to that version of Wanda that got dreamwalked into who's just living her fucking life. So it's one of those things where she clearly still has her has some power, but she's just living her life. She has decided to to just be with her family. Whether or not Vision is the father, or whether or not she created them with magic, it seems like she didn't. It's um, <laughs> I mean, could be, um, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where. Uh, like they even left the first Doctor Strange movie off on the fact that Mordo was completely disillusioned with everything because he's just like, we don't have the right to rewrite reality and fuck with things because we can. Like at some point you have to just accept things you can't change, even if you're using your power for a good reason, like in the long run, where do we draw the line? And they even had a chance to even push that narrative even more because you've got Wanda who has the power to kind of take what she wants. But should she? Oh my God. Have you, have, did you hear about the scene that was cut at the beginning of the film? Oh. Where Armordo goes after Wanda because of that. Mm-hmm. And she decapitates him and <gasps> then presents Mordo's head to Strange in the, like, at some point. I don't know if it was the apple field or not, but yeah, she was, she, she, in the first draft or in the first, they, they ended up cutting that scene from the beginning of the movie where she ends up killing and beheading Mordo and then presenting it to strange because exactly that he goes after her because she is using her power that way. And, and my thing, it, it makes Mordo so much more compelling, giving him this sort of mission to like correct things or like, to create a order to this sort of thing, because the, the, the organization he thought he, that gave order isn't, he's just like, so we're just fine with breaking all the rules then, even though he dedicated his life to following the rules, which is something I can 100% understand being fucking pissed about. So it's one of those things where when do we, you've got, you've got a universe that Steven walked into where they're just like, you fucked up too much. You know, you've got that same universe where they're just like, whatever, Wanda's just some little witch. Like, and it's it's just, it's telling where you have what seems to be the only version of Wanda they've shown so far that goes complete, that just decides, like, I'm going to take what I want because I have the power to take what I want. And, and they, I've just felt like they wasted so much time on this, like, how do you feel about losing Christine? That being said, I love Night Nurse Christine in the Illuminati universe. She was the most interesting version of that character. And they could have literally left her parts in the movie. And that whole thing with Steven kind of wanting to like lamenting his past 
that message would have been best served with just that time frame. You didn't need to spend as much time as, as they did on it. You didn't even have to have him go to the wedding. Um, like, so that was. I disagree because him pulling the cape out of his pocket square. Oh, oh yeah. my Because God. again, the, <laughs> one of the best characters in any Doctor Strange movie will always be the cape. <laughs> True. The cape, the cape was ridiculous. Can I ask a couple dumb questions? So I think one of them was answered. Uh, I didn't remember what happened to Mordo in the first film, but it sounds like he's still running around. Uh, the cape. And Wanda like shoots a thing at the cape, and it like a. It looked like it was kind of like her trying to like follow them, and then it was just like, nope, it's got a hole. You got to patch the hole. I'm like, really? That's that's all. It was that just was? like a fireball. Like, yeah, but I felt like that yeah. was like a. It could have done a different. They could have gone a different direction, and maybe that was like a leftover bit from a previous draft. Because like you don't put a gun out there, even a fireball like that, and you show it actually like hitting. Without there being a reason, and then the only reason I could tell is, oh, there's a hole in his cape, and then Christine had to patch it. Like I'm like, that's it. Like it's it's just, I don't know. That was a very odd like incongruity that I thought was like just like said a leftover bit from something they had thought of and didn't use. But yeah, but that was but that was honestly that's like my only real complaint is the fact that like I feel like they just spent too much time on Christine when she was the least interesting part of the first movie. I'm like, why are why are we shoveling Christine into her face? <laughs> like, because Christine is such a huge part of Strange. That's that's why I, I get it, but no, it is. I mean, honestly, look at what if there's an entire fucking episode based off of Christine being murdered in different ways, yeah. because in that universe she was a nexus point. She was a fixed point in time. Her death was essential to the fabric of time. Otherwise. Yeah. When he tried to stop it, incursions were happening, which was and, that melty bit, which was mimicked again, like you, Brian had pointed out with some of like with Captain Carter and some of these bits from What If making their ways their way into, including the voice of Ultron. The Ultron bots were um, yep. the the Ross guy that uh, voiced Ultron in What If did the voice for the Ultron bots in this movie, but strange, strange is a narcissist that also has this obsession with Christine. I understand that so much of this is about Wanda and, and that journey and then America and her journey, but it's still a strange film at its core. So I can understand why that you needed that wedding scene, even though it may have in some ways felt like it was taking up time that other stories could have been told. But if you didn't have that part, you don't have him coming full circle to the end and saying, hey, like kind of getting that closure in and of, of, of itself. Um, yeah. My biggest thing, honestly, was the pacing. That be, the, the beginning of the film felt very disjointed. And the tone and the storytelling did not feel like it was paced properly to tell the story the way that it needed to. That was my biggest it, thing in addition to what you guys have you know already. what? It, it to me, it felt like while I love Sam Raimi and I love his Raimi touches throughout the movie, I think, I think a little bit more focus on making it more of a dark fantasy, more similar to Army of Darkness versus Evil Dead. I feel like making it more if Raimi had focused more on making it a dark fantasy, I think people would have probably appreciated the darker elements a bit more because you're right. There there is there there are some slight moments where that where it just it breaks. Like that that whole dark like horror feel 
it breaks, but it doesn't like, it's not a reprieve. It's like a completely different movie for like five, 10 minutes. And then you're back into it. And then, yeah. and then there's, yeah. So no, you're, I, I, that's exactly where I see it. And that's just, and that's the risk you run when you do a tonal change. Cause like, yeah, for sure. Thor, Thor, Thor had a massive tonal change between Thor, Thor two and Thor three. And it was for the better. And I feel like, if they don't use Sam Raimi for another Doctor Strange uh, project or anything like that, I definitely think they need to think about pursuing somebody that's done like a dark fantasy uh, versus just a flat out horror. But no, I, I yeah, no, 100 percent on the, 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 the either the tone or the pacing like had this weird moment where it just like shifted the movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So let's wrap it up with um, a final possible conjecture moments things something that we may we may want to see coming out of the rest of phase four uh there's a lot of faith based uh portions to like the television shows with the the duot uh the ancestral plane a lot of like afterlife moments in the the television portion uh and even into like with black panther 2 coming with the ancestral plane like a lot of these these pieces have faith-based elements a lot of them have multiversal elements what is something that you uh you could see or want to see coming down the pipeline in phase four either of you can start this (laughs) so um for me uh i definitely um one i'm excited we're getting clear um, I'm, I'm, cause uh, Clea was always a Dr. Strange character that was super interesting to me. She's super talented. She's definitely more than a match for strange, um, casting perfect. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing that, but I'm also interested in them pursuing more of this storyline of strange kind of building up either body modifications or consequences to his somewhat frivolous use of magic. Um, uh, because that out of that in the comic comes Mr. Misery and Mr. Misery is one of my favorite Dr. Strange villains. Um, he is like a Cronenberg Marvel nightmare and I love him. Um, I would also like to see a potential strange Academy series or movie. Um, because, because kind of with all this faux pas with magic, we're we're building up a case for for either Kamartage or somebody to create something for young magic users, um, and I definitely hope that Wanda just kind of spirited away into self exile, uh, kind of what she did after uh, was it after House of M- it was House of M or I think it was Disassembled where she just everybody thought she was dead and she was just like you know fucking Hawkeye in an apartment in Soho. Um, so, because I think she's supposed to make an appearance in Agatha House of Harkness, um, is the current thing. So I don't think she had a very Marvel death. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I would like it if we did kind of see her in self-exile and start, start kind of rebuilding and thinking of ways to, uh, fix or at least not cause harm anymore. Um, and we may not even see her cast another spell and I'd be fine with that as long as we get to see the character actually build towards something positive. Um, so those are the things that I want in my speculations. Brian, any wild conjecture? Oh man, I don't even know. I, I would love it if they're going to do battle world. They're going to really go pull full Hickman here. I doubt that. 
that's just way too crazy though it does give them the, the ability to like bring the, the wanda from uh, that other 838 universe as like the yeah well you're you didn't kill a bunch of people we'll bring you over and you can be our wanda now and by the way bring your kids because then we can have the young avengers like i think <laughs> that's the easiest path there not that it's like the most well earned but i it works it kind of kind of makes some sense and it kind of gives a weird clean slate because she wouldn't have had vision so maybe the the, the clean slate wanda and, the, and the, the clean slate vision can like reunite with west coast avengers like i'd be all about that but with dr strange i just want to see i want to see him get sorcerer supreme as much as i do love that wong is sorcerer supreme i do want to i do want him to at least get the title you know, at some point, like, because he did he have it in the first movie for like a hot second and then he lost it? Is that what yeah. it was? Yeah, oh, okay. he blipped. So Wong took That's over in the five years that he was gone. Oh, that makes yep. sense. Okay, so then there we go. <laughs> they checked that box. I love BJ's idea. The the Hickman or uh, the Jason Aaron uh, magic has a cost. I can't keep doing this the way I've been doing it because it's a limited resource. Give him the axe, let him go crazy, fight Mr. Misery. But, but with Klee somehow in there. And then honestly, Ooh. I love I love what they've done with the comics where they basically made Klee the new Sorcerer Supreme. Not that I'm reading those comics, but I love the idea of it. Hopefully the execution's good. So I'm fine with all that. Uh, yeah, that. Or the, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I forgot to mention this, uh, the Magistrate, the anti-magic. Uh, the, oh, uh, yeah, that was I, okay. I, that was okay. I, I hope that's the universe that's incur- having the incursion in the Dark Dimension. That would be cool. Yeah. I, 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 liked, I liked them. I, I like the idea, but I don't want to see the Doctor Strange series go full on like sci-fi. It's, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's borderline oh, no. enough, I think, with what it's doing. Uh, it needs but, to I would def- go. but I would definitely like a magic versus science argument pop up sort of thing, sure. because especially since they've kind of treated Asgardian like abilities as almost like there's most of them are scientific instead of magic. So it'll be uh, I would like I just like to see kind of that butt heads a bit. Uh, I definitely don't want to see it overtake the narrative. No, you're absolutely right. Because Doctor Strange as a sci-fi narrative does not work for me. So, yeah. I want to see it go full trippy in the dark dimension with Clea. And I want to see <laughs> Battle World. Like, if, if we get to Battle World, that'd be fucking awesome. We need Doom to have Battle World done right. This would be so I much mean, better. We're talking, like, Phase 5. Like, I'm talking Phase 5 going into Phase 6. Like, <laughs> we could set this up. We've got the We've got the bones. Let's do this right. Well, dear listeners, why don't you tell us what you think about Doctor Strange 2 in the comments on our social media. Email us. We'd love to hear from you. We will be back in one week after this for our next Pop Culture Roundup. It's our big 300th episode. So check back in with us. 300 episodes of Flame On for you to enjoy. Check out our website at flameonshow.com. And you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flameonshow. We'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Hola. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.